This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So let's pray, first of all. Father, we pray that you would, Lord, plant seeds within our hearts that would germinate, and they do, Lord, that it would draw us closer to our wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Chapter 23, starting in verse 13. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. You neither go in yourselves, nor suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore, you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he's made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, whosoever shall swear by the temple, it's nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he's a debtor. You fools and blind, whether is greater, the gold of the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it's nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon the altar, he's guilty. You fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gift of the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. And whoso swear by the temple, sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein. He that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereupon, thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you have done, not to leave the other undone. You blind guides would strain in a gnat, swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You make the clean 
the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. The blind Pharisee cleanse that first which was in the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You're like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but were within full of dead men's bones and all cleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes of Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, you be witnesses unto yourself that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? That passage there will give you pleasant dreams at night. <laughs> All right, now, we want to focus especially on the Lord here addressing the issue of the rabbis making converts or what the Bible calls proselytes. Jewish rabbis at that time worked very hard to make new converts, and their converts were not just from the Gentiles. Today, that arm of Judaism, which especially is notorious for wanting to make new converts to Orthodox Judaism, in other words, to of the Jewish people, by the way, they prefer not to call themselves Orthodox. They prefer to call themselves observant, or as it is in Yiddish, frumers. And, uh, and that, that arm is Chabad. That's the mission of Chabad. Reminds me one time of a Chabad person, and we were both at the Los Angeles airport, and we were going through the security check, you know, with the x-ray. And when he opened up his suitcase there to take out his computer to put it in the separate bin, I saw that he had a, a prayer shawl, a tali a prayer shawl bag, and so I asked him if he was Jewish. He told me he was, and then he wanted to know if I was Jewish. I told him I was, and as soon as we were through security, he insisted with a lot of pressure that I go with him over to this corner, and then he asked me when I got into the corner, have you put on tefillin this morning? Tefillin are those leather phylacteries, the phylacteries, the box in the hand, or the forehead with the leather that goes around, straps and so forth. And he wanted to know if I put on tefillin. I told him, no, I, I, I brushed my teeth, but I didn't put on tefillin this morning. <laughs> Guess I must have missed that, you know. He said that's all he needed to hear. Then the pressure came, such pressure. I had to put on tefillin with them. I had to recite the Hebrew prayer. And I could see that he wasn't going to let go of me until I did this. I said, okay, already, I'll do this. What do you want me to do? So put on the tefillin. That was the first and last time I ever did that. But... That's what the Chabad do. They try to make proselytes among the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, when you go into the Tel Aviv Air, when you're leaving the Tel Aviv airport in the departure lounge, they have a booth there. The Chabadniks have a booth there where they identify a non-observant, and their first question is, are you Jewish? That's their first question. And then they go through the same routine Put on the tefillin. Did you put on the tefillin this morning? No, you got to put on the tefillin, all the pressure. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? Because putting on tefillin, first of all, it's not something that's done normally by normal Jewish people. And the Chavads are trying to make converts. 
And for them, the road to making a convert starts with an act. It's the act of putting on tefillin. It's an observance. Another rabbi told me one time, he said, he said, you know what I wanna do with you? I said, no, he says, I wanna recircumcise you. I told him, you are out of your mind. But it's very interesting, the, 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 the word that's used here in, in, uh, in, in this, this verse here, the word proselyte, because this Greek word proselyte means someone who has just arrived, someone who is coming from far. In other words, we would say a newcomer. It's a newcomer. And this concept of a person being far away who is coming, this is really embedded within the laws of Judaism. In other words, you're starting to approach becoming observant in the laws. So Christ said that the, the scribes and Pharisees in this verse, he said the scribes and Pharisees were willing to compass the whole world to make one proselyte. As a matter of fact, there's a saying within the Talmud that says how much the gaining of one soul back to Judaism is worth. And the idea is that the person is coming from far and he's beginning to approach, he's beginning to come. And this is what the proselyte means, someone who is far off but beginning to become observant. And that really captures this whole feeling of what the rabbis are trying to do is to give this feeling of you're a newcomer, you're far away, but we're gonna bring you along. As a matter of fact, in Judaism, to become observant, it really involves a life of study, the Talmud. You become a student of the book of that's full of laws that have to be kept with new ways to keep these laws. It's a life of study, it's applying the life, these laws that you find out through study. This is so different from the truth of the Bible, which teaches that when a person is far away and he wants to come close to God, the Bible says there is a way to come close to God, and not the keeping of these laws, not the studying to try to observe all these rules and the new applications of these old rules as the rabbis will teach. But the Bible says that the way to God is through a person who said about himself, in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, who identified himself as John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, if you think of the contrast, and this is, I love this about the Jewish people, is because they provide for us a very interesting and very instructive contrast. So instead of being critical of them, really to look at their practices and to learn the contrast between truth and Judaism. The truth is that Jesus Christ is the person who is the way to God, he is the truth about God, and he has the life of God and that no man can even hope to come to God unless he comes through Jesus Christ. That's the truth, that's the truth. Don't call that Christianity, call that the truth. On the other hand, Judaism teaches that Torah, the Torah is the way. By the way, it's very, very interesting to understand the meaning of the word Torah, it's the Hebrew word for law. So their teaching is that the law is the way to God, the law 
is the truth about God. The law will give you the life of God. And no man comes to God unless they come by keeping the Torah, the law. But the truth is that all a person has to do, go to heaven, is to receive this person. Receive this person who is the way to heaven. He's the way to God. As it says in John 1.12, John 1.12 says, as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the right, the authority, the ability to become the sons of God, even to those who believe into the name of this person. The name Jesus Christ is very, very important, significant, because the name is God saves. That's the name of Jesus. It's God who is saving and the name Christ is the name Messiah, which has the idea of being sent. He's been sent by God. He is God's representative. He is God's tunnel to God, the only tunnel that God has sent down here by which man can come to God. So this says in John 1.12 that the way to become a child of God is to receive him, receive him, and this raises the huge question, exactly what does that mean? Exactly what does it mean to receive Christ? Some people say, I accepted Christ. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, after all, John 1.12 is saying that receiving Christ makes a person a child of God. So it's really important to understand crystal clear what it means to receive Christ. What does that mean? How do you know what that means to receive Christ? And here's where the previous verse in front of that verse becomes so important because it says in John 1.11, by way of contrast, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Who is his own? The Jewish people are his own. He came into his own Jewish people, and his own Jewish people received him not. So this means that the Jewish people provide for us a beautiful, wonderful, great illustration of what it means to receive Christ, because the record says that Jesus Christ came to the Jewish people, and the important part in John 1.11 are these three words, received him not. They did not receive him. So all we've gotta do is just understand from the Jewish people. They can tell us what it means to receive Christ because we just study and understand what the Jewish people did because nothing has changed. What the Jewish people do today to not receive Christ then we flip it to the opposite and we understand what it means to receive Christ. That's all we gotta do. All we gotta do to understand how to receive Christ is to understand how the Jewish people do not receive Christ and then the opposite of that tells us how to receive Christ. Okay, first meaning of what it means to receive Christ for Israeli citizenship as a Jew under the right of return. I was asked by the Jewish agency in Jerusalem, the, for the Jewish agency in Jerusalem, I was asked by the Jewish agency if I, as a Jew, 
believed that Jesus Christ was God or the Son of God, as they put it. And because they understood that I did, I was denied Israeli citizenship and told it's not for you. That means that the Jewish people receive Christ not, that they don't receive Christ by denying that Jesus Christ is God. This is a fundamental point. This was the only question that I was asked about Jesus Christ. It is the key fundamental point it is the point by which they took up stones when he said, I and my father are one, and they took up stones to kill him, and he asked them the question, for which good work do you stone me? And they answered, for a good work we stone thee not, because the thou being a man make yourself God. It was over this issue of the deity of Christ. So, if not receiving Jesus Christ means to deny that Jesus Christ is God, then to receive Christ means to believe and confess that Jesus Christ is God. Fundamental point. Second, when I was asked if I believed that Jesus Christ was God and then excluded from the group, from the Israelis as a group, from being a Jewish citizen, from being a citizen as a Jew of Israel, that meant that to believe Jesus Christ was God was a basis for exclusion and that's part of John 1.11, they received him not. In other words, to be included within the group of Jewish people in Israel, Israeli citizenship, you have to believe that Jesus Christ is not God. That's a criteria for being a part of the group who do not receive Jesus Christ. That means that to become a part of a group of those who received Christ means to join with the group of others who also believe that Jesus Christ is God. That's a basis for inclusion into a group who have received Christ. You wanna know who has received Christ? That group believes that Jesus Christ is God. That means that to become a part of a group of others who have received Christ as a person, they have to know that everyone within that group also believed that Jesus Christ was God. That means that Jehovah Witnesses have not received Christ because they do not believe that Jesus Christ is God and they believe that Jesus Christ was only a man. That means that Mormons, Mormons have not received Christ because they do not believe that Jesus Christ is God because they believe that they also will become God along with Jesus Christ. That means that to receive Jesus Christ means to not join with Jehovah Witnesses, to not join with Mormons or any other group that doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is God. Now, it was very interesting when you look at one of the reports of the Summer Blitzes this year, last week, I believe. They told about a Jewish man who was living with this David who came to Christ, and this Jewish, other Jewish man is Eric. And when he was, uh, the report went on and said that, that this man, Eric, asked how come he never heard anything about Jesus Christ in the synagogue? You remember that? That's very important. It reminds me of when I was, 1970, when I was trying to figure out who Jesus Christ was or is back in September of 1970. You know, that's 52 years ago. That was a long time ago, by the way. <laughs> and at that time, I thought, well, I'm gonna go to the people who should really know, you know, the, the studiers, 
the, which was the Orthodox. There was only one Orthodox synagogue and synagogue at that time. It was called Temple Teferit. And they, they didn't have a building, but they were meeting in someone's home in uh, La Jolla, and they advertised the paper, so I went there. And I sat right in the front row. I was right there. I was all ears. I was listening. I think I was the only one listening, but the message. But anyways, I listened to the rabbi's message. And afterward, I went up to the rabbi, and I asked him if I could ask him a question privately, because I knew it was going to be a bombshell question. And so he, and he said, okay, come off over here, you know, into a corner. And um, I said to him, I said, rabbi, I said, I don't really know, but I think that Jesus might have been the Messiah. That's what I said. And the rabbi looked squarely at me, and he said to me, that is the first time, and that is the last time you will ever say that name here again. And that was the end of the conversation. In other words, not allowed to say the name Jesus or Jesus Christ in the synagogue. Isn't that strange? Isn't it strange that the most famous Jew in the world, Jesus Christ, is on the lips of billions of Gentiles? The most loved Jewish man in the world is Jesus Christ. More has been written about this Jewish man, Jesus Christ, far more than any other Jewish man who's ever lived. It's true, you will never hear the name Jesus Christ in the synagogues. Isn't that strange? Isn't that strange? That's what this man was saying. Eric, if you go into a Jewish synagogue, you will never hear any of the teachings of Jesus Christ. You will never participate in any discussion about Jesus Christ. So the Jewish people have told us again in a reverse way Again, the Jewish people have shown us what it means in John 1.12 to receive him and what it means, John 1.11, to receive him not. They receive him not by never saying the name of Jesus in their place of worship in the synagogues. Never teach about where Jesus Christ came from. Never teach about what Jesus Christ accomplished in his life. Never teach, never teach where Jesus Christ is today. Never teach what responsibilities a person has toward Jesus Christ. Never sing about Jesus Christ. Never follow, teach about following Jesus Christ as a life example, and certainly never worship Jesus Christ. All these refusals make up what it means when the Jewish people in John 1.11, John 1.11, receive him not. That means that to receive Christ means to do just the opposite. It means to always say the name Jesus Christ, always talk about Jesus Christ, teach within the house of worship, within church, where Jesus Christ came from, teach in the church what Jesus Christ accomplished in his life. Teach within the house of worship where Jesus Christ today. Teach within the church what responsibilities a person has to Jesus Christ. Sing about Jesus Christ. Follow him as a life's example. Worship Jesus Christ. That's what it means to receive Christ. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.